0: Are you longing for a real life change and lasting impact? And more to be we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of more to be host of the more to be podcast, and I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. On today's episode, I'm excited to have my dear friend, uh, Kaylee Kelch, back with me. We have a topic for chatting about. One that um, it's coming, kind of coming at us out of uh, left field, uh, mm-hmm. in light of what we're walking through and seeing. We're going to be talking about accountability and mentoring, and the importance of prayer and just getting real with people. Um, and so, I know Kaylee, I, I pitched this to you because I have been through about a half a dozen situations in the last week where I have witness the importance of accountability mm-hmm. the breakdown when there is no accountability the um lies that people believe about accountability yeah. uh all of it what are some of the things that you would add to that list when it comes to this idea of accountability that you've faced um i think you covered
1: most of it i think that a lot of people you know it's the human nature of just wanting to deal with things on your own Um, and not to draw somebody else into it. I've had girls also tell me like, I don't want to burden anybody with, you know, what I'm going through or my story. Um, and yet you know, as I always tell them, I'm like, it's not a burden. Like, that's why we're here for each other as the body of Christ. Like we're here to, to reach out to one another, um, I think also, too, sometimes as Christians, it's so easy to feel like, oh, I shouldn't be struggling with this or this shouldn't be an issue. And so then we back off from sharing with somebody or asking, hey, you know, I need prayer on this or I need somebody to, like you said, hold me accountable so that I am making wise choices. Um, So we shy
0: away from that because it's like, I shouldn't be dealing with this. Right, right. I think it's it's all over the map of Mm -hmm. what accountability, accountability looks like. So was thinking we're gonna look at the scriptures, so everybody grab your bibles we're gonna be all over the place we're gonna be in james in um genesis and we're gonna be looking at the prodigal son but i just wanted to give a couple illustration points of Mm -hmm. what it looks like when accountability works and when accountability doesn't exist does that sound good yeah totally So what I'm thinking is it would be helpful kind of to set up the scriptures that we're going to study by looking at or considering some of the things that you and I have been going through in terms of accountability. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the first like really crystal clear benefits of accountability happened this week for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're on my leadership team with Morty and uh, there are a couple other gals on the team and I have prayed for a team like this for seven years of ministry, seven years. Mm. And God is so kind to provide you guys. And you years ago, when I first launched more to be, I had a friend at the time, Brooke, who said, Lisa, you're not allowed to go back into ministry or go online in ministry without a board, without a mm. accountability team. So I handpicked a bunch of different people and they're still some of my closest friends. But they, um, I was in the online world, they were in the in real life world, and there wasn't an overlap. So okay. them being able to see what I was doing, engage in what I was doing, and hold me accountable was really hard. And so I have prayed that there would be women that understood what we were doing as a ministry at More to be, and mm-hmm. would say, hey, I don't understand why you're doing this. I don't know what this means. And this past week, we had our leadership meeting for an hour, and I just felt like I got pummeled in the best of ways <laughs> with questions. And even in the day, you know, the days to follow, Lori and Stephanie have been asking me, what about this and what about that? And there's this really great question, and I'm going to pull it up and just read it directly from my Voxer app, mm-hmm. um, where uh, Stephanie said to me... Um, I'm wondering how much time, energy, and attention it will cost. Where will that time, energy come from? Your 40 hours a week working, MTB coaching, and family time. I just don't want to see you spread too thin. hmm That, to me, that's like the beauty of accountability right there. Right. What do you think? I mean, what, what goes through your mind when you, being on the other side of this?
1: Oh, I I think it's wonderful. But I think, again, like you're open to it. Some people don't want other people to be in their business in a sense. And I think that's where sometimes we hold on to too much. And we don't let other people who have uh, godly influence to speak into our lives. We stay closed off, you know. And I think when we do that, though, we're losing so much of the beauty of what God has for us when we go through life together. Um, because we do have different experiences and and different um, ways of thinking about things. So, you know, from this standpoint, like, this is a business side and a ministry side that we're coming alongside you and asking questions and just making sure you're keeping healthy boundaries so that you have family time and, and are not running yourself too ragged. Um, I think a lot of times maybe we think of accountability, um, like, in other decisions or, or – mm-hmm. um, maybe I guess I think about sometimes like my mind goes immediately accountability is for people who are going through counseling and are struggling with some kind of addiction,
0: mm-hmm. you know, and
1: it's like, oh, okay, well that's why, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous is around because you have accountability partners. It has a place for that, but like there's also this other side where very functioning, healthy people are then able to move even further into life and ministry because they have other people coming alongside them to cheer them on and ask questions that makes it, you know? So, yeah, I think though that there's sometimes there's that stigma.
0: I think it, you just said it beautifully because, and I'm glad because the example is accountability can happen in a very healthy context. It does not need to be a negative. And yet we're going to get into this accountability needs to happen in our sin and in our struggles and in, The places of our addictions and dysfunctions and so you know that question I had to say to myself Lisa you're not being judged you're not you asked for this God impresses upon your heart to have women in your life who are looking out for your marriage and your motherhood alongside your work and so you know I'm able to then turn around and say to my husband like here's my big idea I, and he has gotten to the place of saying, what have the girls said about this? So he is relying on the fact that you guys are a part of my inner decision-making process and, and being a part of that um, guiding, leading, directing, mm-hmm. which if we do it when we're healthy, we actually gain the, the craving of it and I think the ability to receive it when we're unhealthy. Right
1: but you're you're right, and that's uh, that's again like you know Paul throughout his writings, like he's encouraging the church to watch out for each other and to help in the growth process, which does mean calling sin what it is. And I think that's the other challenge about accountability is that especially in today's society, you know we're fearful of like, oh, if I call this person out, what's going to happen, or do I have a close enough relationship? Am I allowed to say something? Will, will it be accepted? Um, is it politically correct? And yeah. so we go down all these gamuts that say, nope, okay, I'm just going to live in my own little box because right. it's safer here and I'm not going to interact with other people.
0: But then we're losing out. We're totally losing out. And and so we went through something with Luke um, this past week, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he'd be okay with me sharing this uh, because he... he he realizes it's a problem that we need to deal with young i mean he he <laughs> needed to admit that he has a struggle and he's right. 13 years old and his struggle is very innocent at this point it's distraction it mm-hmm. is uh he's supposed to be doing his homework and he's on the you know computer in the kitchen and i'm not in the kitchen at that moment and so he watches. Uh, yesterday, he was watching magic videos, and one mm-hmm. magic video turned into another magic video, turned into a Lego video, turned into a Dude Perfect video, and and you know we can all relate, right? Like yes, Facebook. One Facebook post turns into yep. two, turns into three. Um, maybe it's a Netflix binge. Maybe it's shopping on the internet, mm. and those are the acceptable ways of right. experiencing distraction and succumbing to temptation Mm -hmm. with, with, um, permission, like, well, that's just human. That's just normal. But when does it cross the line into pornography or alcohol or, or shopping to the point that you are in debt to gambling? Like the habits that we have in those acceptable ways easily translate into the habits that we have that become sin. Oh, I totally agree. And and I don't I hope I'm not don't want to be
1: stepping on anybody's toes, but you know, I I listen to people joke about like, oh, God invented Netflix. It's the best thing since whatever, because we can just sit and veg. I'm like, don't pull God into this. Like, I don't get me wrong, I enjoy taking time off and some entertainment. But I think then we we joke about some of these things that are seriously controlling our lives. Yes. And And we think, well, I mean, it's all innocent, but then we've spent eight hours just sitting in front of a TV. Yeah. And, and I especially, I mean, I hear it from the kids, you know, they, they go home for a break and that's all they do. That's all they do. Like for 24 hours. Yeah. And a day for three days in a row, that kind of thing. And it's like, that's not healthy. And it's not, you and I have been, you know, talking about like the whole, our whole being as a Christian, um, you know, godly woman. It goes beyond just like, well, I've had my devotions or I'm yeah. going to church on the weekends. You know, it, it encompasses every aspect of our life. Or I feel like it should. Like, that's what God wants us, a yeah. whole person, our health, our, what we're doing with our time. That's what Paul talking, um, think on these things, whatsoever
0: is mm-hmm. pure and kind
1: and true and holy, because
0: that's the whole person. Totally agree. I mean, I think what we are doing to steward our time matters. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, going back to where Luke was at, when I came into the kitchen and I said, buddy, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I had so much homework. And mm. I feel like, I said, homework? He goes, well, I was watching a little bit. So he's very sensitive to what is right and what is wrong. And mm-hmm. even he, who's sensitive to what is right is wrong, he's like, I-, I don't know. I'm like, well, is this an addiction or is this just like procrastination? Right. Are you bored and so you're just doing this with your time or do you feel like you can't stop? Like, what is, what Mm -hmm. is it? He's like, sometimes I feel like it's both. Yeah. And I said, okay, then what are you going to do differently acknowledging that this is a struggle for you, an area of struggle for you? And he's like, I don't know. I just need to try harder. And I said, nope, that doesn't work. Nope. It doesn't work. And he's like, Well, mom, like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, uh, confess your sins one to another and you shall mm-hmm. be healed. So that I, I find myself saying this over and over again. I'm like, you have to admit to God it's a struggle, and mm-hmm. then you have to admit to somebody else it's a struggle, and then you need to ask them to stand in the gap with you in that struggle. Mm-hmm. So we need to pray and you need to out loud ask the Lord to forgive you for not using your time well and being distracted this way, but then you know what you've got three other people in the house right now. You could go to either of your sisters and say, "Can I do my homework in in your room until I'm done with the computer so I right. just stay focused or come All out right. and sit in the shed with me while I'm on a call and put yourself in places where you are in the light and are being held accountable mm-hmm. because if you do that now on these nominal things right you will develop the muscle and the habit to do it on the big things. hmm Right? And so that, I mean, it just scares me because our this generation of young men and women are not being taught that. They're, they're taught... Oh, totally agree. ...to let everything hang out all over the place, but don't judge me for it. Yep. Whereas what we need to teach by modeling it for ourselves is here's my area of struggle. I need you to help me in this area of struggle. And I'm not going to like get a megaphone and announce it to the world. Right. But I, you know, I guess technically I'm announcing Luke's struggle to the world right now for, <laughs> at, at his expense, but it, it was amazing. And I'm so proud of him, which is why I'm sharing the story is that yeah. he three or four hours later, when we sat with my husband and him and his sister I said buddy you know tell dad what happened and he was able to a articulate what happened right in his way not my way Mm -hmm. so I knew he got it two he I said well you got your help right here what do you want to do about that and he verbalized to Caitlin and said Caitlin would it be okay if I do homework in your room when I'm on the computer and nobody's in the kitchen because I struggle Mm -hmm. with distraction Mm-hmm. And Caitlin looked at the humility of her brother and quickly said, yes, of course. And trust me, Caitlin does not like anybody in her room. Like, <laughs> it is her turf. But there is something very winsome about a person who admits their mm-hmm. struggle. It is one of the most attractive things, I think, in the world – is to have a fellow brother or sister in Christ say, I'm having trouble in this area. I need help. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. I I mean, anybody who's ever
1: come to me, I do not look differently at them. And I tell them that because I think that's, you know, sometimes the stigma or the kids will be like, oh, I'm like, no, I don't look at you any differently. In fact, I actually like look at you a little higher because I'm like, thank you. Yes, you like stepped forward. You're taking action to make something more of your life, mm-hmm. versus just floundering along by yourself or running and talking to your other peers who are going to keep leading you down a path. Like you're seeking wisdom and guidance, mm-hmm. um, and and that's there. There's
0: beauty in that. Mm-hmm. Such beauty in it. So. I think what we should do is we need to look at the James passage, but I want to start with the Genesis passage first, just to kind of set it up. So um, I've had the luxury to read this passage in Genesis twice in the last uh, month and a half because of Bible study and my Mm -hmm. small group time. And and the first time I missed this. So that just tells you Mm -hmm. why we're to read scripture again and again, because you don't see it. So, Genesis 9, to set it up, is the story of Noah coming out. It was Genesis 8, not Genesis 9, Genesis 8. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the story of the flood rec- receding. Right. And it begins with, but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock. And it, it documents kind of how the floods receded and then how Noah came out of the boat. And so, you know, he's 601 years old, just you know, a little (laughs) city right there. This is a man that lived a long time Mm -hmm. and the flood was a long time. It's not just the 40 days because they had to wait for all the floodwaters to recede. It's multiple days. And then you get to verse 20 and it says, Noah built an altar to the Lord and there he sacrificed as burnt offerings, the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things. And I read that this past Sunday and thought, Mm -hmm. oh my word, there's no hope. Like (laughs) (laughs) we, we human beings made in the image of god are evil from childhood from childhood everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood yeah we're kind of doomed <laughs> right and yet the there's there's hope because you know, God, God made Adam, and I think we think Noah, he wiped everybody out except for Noah because Noah had God's favor because of right. his obedience and righteousness. So I think the, the common thought is that, okay, so we got cleaned up from Noah on, like mm-hmm. that Noah is the redeemed Adam, but Noah is the same genetic bloodline of Adam. Yep. And so there is no redemption for mankind apart from Jesus Christ. Yeah. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. And I'm like, okay, this is revolutionary because anybody that feels bad about their sin needs to stop feeling bad about their sin and they need to start feeling convicted about their sin.
1: Mm.
0: It's not I'm an awful person, I'm a sinner, pull the blankets over my head, I'll never be good enough. It is a up oh, another sign that I need Jesus. Another right. sign that there was a sacrifice made for me that is more than sufficient for the rest of my life. Well, and another
1: sign, too, that that that's why there is a church body as as human and frail and messed up as churches can be. That's why he's given us each other, because he knows we can't stand on our own two feet by ourselves. And Mm -hmm. like he came and we have that personal relationship with him. But, but we need the support from one another in order to weather all of this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So then that's the James passage, right? Mm-hmm. So if we go to James uh, 5, do you want to pick up reading at verse 13 and go um, through 16? Yeah. Are any of you suffering
1: hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick?
0: that to me, well, I want to hear, what do you see in this passage before I even say anything? It's just the
1: reminder of how important prayer is, that connection with God and, um, and bringing everything before him, you know, suffering hardships, um, whether it's personal or in the church, uh, the reminder though, to praise, we, you know, we did another episode on counting our blessings. Um, if we're happy, like, and, and we're joyful about things, you know, praising God for that. And, and to me, it's that continual um, connection with him. You know, when think about it this way, that when we get up in the morning, we start with dear Jesus, but then we don't say amen until our head hits the pillow. Mm. And, and instead of just a having a prayer, like it's this Continual conversation from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep and mm-hmm. to me that's that's where you know our power and our connection comes and I feel like that's kind of this idea of whether it, stuff's going wrong or you're happy or somebody's sick um, or, or you're needing to confess your sins just keep that that dialogue open it's in an, it's and you don't you don't ever turn it off Um mm-hmm. And then it's such a beautiful thought, you know, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results.
0: Yeah. You know, we don't understand all of this. I mean, I'm going to be the first to admit it. This passage I love and I struggle with at the same time mm. because of the, if healing, if sick and healing were not in this passage, I could run with this and be a hundred percent confident that I know what God's talking about. But, you know, one of my, Dear friends, and I've mentioned before on the podcast, um, her husband died of a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And we were invited to her church, their church. Uh, the elders gathered around him. Mm-hmm. We were, we were, you know, the only friends there. I think there were two other sets of friends that were there, couples. And, and they anointed him with oil and they mm-hmm. prayed for healing on his brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And there, the healing didn't come. He died of cancer, right? Right. Um, And so the backlash of that is, was the prayer not earnest? Right? I mean, that's... Oh, I know. I've thought the same things. That's the struggle. is the prayer not earnest? Were we not righteous? Um, But the problem is, we don't know the the great power and the wonderful results according to God's kingdom work. Right.
1: That's where I always go back to, because I was even just thinking about this... The other day, I hadn't talked to you about it yet, but it was like, sometimes I feel like, okay, if I just pray a certain way, you know, or if I, I mean, I've prayed and God's heard me, but then do I need to keep praying about the same thing? Or if, if I make sure that I say it 10 times, you know, and I'm like, no, like that gets into this whole formula thing, and, and that's what other religions are based on. If, if you count these many steps or you walk this far or you pray mm-hmm. here or you face mm-hmm. this direction, it becomes all about this, this duty in this formula and then mm-hmm. your prayers will be answered. And it's like, I know God does not operate that way. He, he operates in relationship mm-hmm. and relationships don't always make sense to us, you know, and, no. and we don't understand the whys behind this. No. Um, and which prayers are answered and which aren't, and that's where then I always flip it around and say I, it comes back to though this trust that he's he's sovereign and righteous and a good father and he knows things that we don't
0: know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, as you're saying that, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit is revealing this to me in the moment of this doesn't say this doesn't this isn't a prayer script. Mm-hmm. This is a prayer call. Mm. So the prayer script is what Jesus already gave us. He, uh, he said, pray that, give thanks for what God has given you. Right. And, and confess your sins, ask for forgiveness for your sins, mm-hmm. and ask for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it, Jesus doesn't say, pray that your friend who is sick will be healed on earth. It's right. pray that, God, your work would be done in this person here on earth as it is in heaven. Right. And so maybe the problem is that I'm putting pieces together. Maybe the problem is that we, we're we not praying what Jesus has called us to pray. Therefore, we're disappointed with the results because it doesn't turn out the way we expect.
1: Mm-hmm. Therefore,
0: why bother praying? Why bother confessing? Does it do anything anyways? Right whereas if this is the call the call is in hardships pray in happiness pray right. give praises in sickness praise uh, pray mm-hmm. with who with the elders of your church i would i love that it says anointing you with oil because oil mm-hmm. has become a source of health for me on oh, my spiritual oil journey in the last year uh, and seeing I'm drinking right now. Uh, I hadn't even thought about that. That's, that's I know that's such a cool analogy. It's such a cool analogy, and I have thieves oil uh-huh. in my cup of water here, which is immune boosting. And so, like oil, God designed oil. Mm. Oil's there working. Uh, so all of these prayers offered in faith, mm-hmm. and does say will heal the sick, but does that mean sick in physical or sick in emotional or sick in spiritual? I mean, this is our, this is our not our forever home. So, right. um, a full healing is eternity, mm-hmm. and yet we want to skip over this most important sentence. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Prayer into confession leads to the forgiveness of, of our sins, sins. Right. and and that it's not a solo confess your sins alone although you have to do that to get right with God but it's with each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed and and I just think how can we get good at confessing our sins to each other Mm
1: -hmm. well and isn't that the most important thing though is that God wants our heart and our salvation to be right with him yeah. Like we look at the temporary things that we want certain things to work out or like you said, you know, your friends, we want him to be alive so that he's able to support and be with his family. And, um, and when you were talking about that, I was thinking about a young girl in our church. She was she was 12 when she passed away with leukemia. You know, I mean, we prayed, prayed. I still remember the prayer service. I just I felt the Holy Spirit's presence so powerful and I thought, This is it, she's gonna be healed. Like I just, you know, you you just felt like that's what's gonna happen. And yet it didn't, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, why, why, why? Mm-hmm. Um and yet the lives that she touched you know, the that after her passing too, and just the people that knew her faith was so strong, even yeah. in the midst of all of it, you know. What impact she's had in her story over the years yeah
0: yeah that that need and there's an appropriate time and place for it to take off the glasses of our earthly Mm -hmm. perspective and put on that eternal perspective and each person will do it at a different time for a different reason but in a practical application of it like if if the person who is listening right now I'm just like imagining this person on like through my microphone mm-hmm. if you are in that grief of the loss of a loved one mm-hmm. who was not healed the way you imagine that healing should come you're not alone in your struggle and doubt no. and and frustration and anger and mm-hmm. um heartache like that is just the real emotion of our human condition yep. and God sees that. He, he sees you. He knows what you're walking through. And he is faithful to you, even if you don't mm-hmm. like being faithful to him right now.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's, what, you know, another word for... Do you think another word that we could use for accountability is support? Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's where then we do, whether, whether it's hurting from grief or decision making, like in Luke's case or you know, other, um, other situations with a you know, just adults and trying to make decisions about jobs and all kinds of things that come with it. Um, that, that having somebody else there to support you, um, is so key in our success as we're moving forward in life. Mm -hmm. And I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we talk about mentoring relationships, but that's, that's the whole beauty of Connection and mentoring and in multiple generations mm-hmm. um, is being able to speak truth and to support and to um, hold each other accountable. I mean, because we do it naturally, hopefully in a in a parent child relationship that you like mm-hmm. you just shared with your husband and with Luke. You know, he he grew from that, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that he's not gonna slip and fall again. But again. He's made strides now at age 13 uh-huh. <laughs> that then when he's 16 and 20 and 25, you know, he's going to be able to fall back on that and to also keep, then it'll be something new that yeah. he's having to deal with. Yeah. Um, but he has the skills already. And so many of us are lacking the skills because we haven't had somebody to, um, to speak into our life in that way. Yeah. And I think that's what we need.
0: Yeah. So let's get really practical. I'm going to give like a a gazillion pieces of of advice. Like what to do. What to do if you're that adult and you're like, how do I do this? How do I train my kids on this? I think there's the two roles. There's the role of seeking accountability and there's the role of offering accountability. Yes. And I think both, just like in the mentoring course, like when I teach about those paracleo relationships... It's that coming alongside relationship by doing life side by side mm-hmm. that builds the safety and emotional trust to go mm-hmm. to the deeper place of accountability. So correct. It's crazy to think that we're just gonna walk up to somebody in church that we've known and be like, Will you be my accountability partner? There's there may not be the safety or the emotional trust there for mm-hmm. it. Or the commonality of training. So right. I think first prayerfully say, God, put into my line of vision, the people who have already demonstrated, um, trustworthy, godly relationship with me mm-hmm. that I can ask them on a specific need to hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, definitely, like I said, prayerfully, but also to do that with an understanding that you might have to encourage the way you want to be held accountable. Right. Right. So I would like you to ask me this question and I'm not going to get mad at you when you ask me this question. I need you to ask me this question. Mm -hmm. And then to understand that the person that you're pursuing that accountability relationship may not have the skill set or the personality Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. If we're non-confrontational, that's a hard, hard thing to step into, but if, so if you're the person who's not confrontational, and even if you are the person who can like, bring it on, let's have a war, right? <laughs> um, the, the best way to lead into those accountability relationships is with an open-ended question rather than a statement. Right. So it's everything I teach in the coach training. Mm-hmm. It's everything that you know already. But um, how are you doing in this struggle? Mm-hmm. What can I do to encourage you this week in your struggle? Those are simple questions. You don't have to get creative. You don't have to get um, articulate in any way. Or like, when do you want
1: to accomplish this goal by? Yes. Yeah. What time frame are you working in? Um, Because a lot of times, too, is that we'll make a decision, but then we don't put any timetable to it. So there's the, the follow through doesn't necessarily happen.
0: Yeah. What would you like me to do if you don't mm-hmm. follow yes. back up with me in two weeks? How would you like me to respond so that you don't have to, as the accountability partner, feel like the judge and the jury? Mm-hmm. You're not the prosecuting attorney in this situation. You are a servant of the mm-hmm. person and you are serving through asking them questions that they've already given you permission to ask.
1: Right. You're a supporter, a cheerleader, encourager, which you know is so biblical too, I think about Barnabas and he was yeah. viewed that that was his name as the encourager. Yeah. Um, so, so we have, we have like this biblical guidance too to support and encourage one another in Christ as we're moving forward on this, this life journey together. Yeah. And this is one way to do it then.
0: Yeah. With those questions and that, and that commitment, and you might help yourself in the same way I teach in the mentor training to have a timeline for that accountability relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to hold me accountable on this until Christmas or until, you know, April 1st or whatever. So that if that person's failing, it doesn't turn into your failure. Mm -hmm. You can find somebody else. Mm -hmm. And maybe you need multiple people depending upon if it's a sin issue um, versus if it's like a priority issue. So, right. Right. So like more to be. I, I consider it more like a priority, a core values, accountability mm-hmm. relationship. But it could become my sin of my idol of, of product productivity, mm-hmm. right? My my idol of fear, financial fear, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Um, the other thing is that if it's a sin... Struggle like a sexual sin, and we've got to be very frank about this. I mean, there are people struggling with pornography, with um, you know, sexual addictions, with sexual attraction issues, and the shame factor is is what holds them in the stronghold of that Mm -hmm. sin, and and the guilt. Like our small groups need to be places, like our Bible study groups, our small groups, our discipleship groups need to be places where that can be spoken out loud, but details don't have to be given. Right. Oh, I felt that for so
1: long. Like, I just feel like there's so many people hurting and, and especially around the area of sexual sin. And it's such a taboo, you know, situation, like you can't possibly say anything. But then nobody ever gets help.
0: Nobody ever gets help. and, and Because season... it's like, keep it,
1: keep it in my closet. Like I'm not going to let anything out. And if I keep, if I keep it hidden, then nobody will know. And, but it keeps propagating and it doesn't ever yeah. go away then because we're not actually dealing with it. Yeah.
0: Um, and I would say from, from dear friends who are in these situations, they have been so wounded when they have been honest yes. that they never want to share again. Yes. So again, when we hear somebody confess their sin and, uh, Our response needs to be less words. Like, it just has to be, I hear you. I Mm -hmm. hear your struggle. I will pray for you. Well, and how can I help? How can I help?
1: You know, you and I were, I voxed you earlier this week because I was just really struggling with some girls that had come and talked to me and shared some things and just like, you know, the hurt that I feel listening to them and watching them go through struggles, right? And... And there's pieces of me that's like, oh, if I just knew more, if I had more of a background in counseling, this or that, and then, you know, I'd, I'd be, I'd know how to help. And the Holy Spirit kind of like smacked me over the head and said, just love them. Like, that's why you went into ministry in the first place. And I don't want to simplify it, but I think that's the same thing within our churches. Like, people just need to know that they're loved. And isn't that what Jesus did? Like, he modeled the love first. There's sure there's transformation, but mm-hmm. it came through this safety of love. Yeah, Mary didn't just walk away from prostitution and adultery because, you know, she um, decided one day that that wasn't for her anymore. Mm-hmm. It came through this encounter with Jesus, who loved her and said, "There's something more. There's something yeah. better.
0: Yeah. yeah, not
1: like." what are you doing? And how dare you? And oh my word, I can't believe you slipped out down that road. Right. You know, so we do with this gentleness, we need to love each other and, and then walk beside and ask the questions and help people to grow.
0: Yeah. Without giving advice, like yes. uh, saying or opinion. Like I think that we do such a disservice. I've heard this time and time again, you know, people, when I confess my anger struggle, that's mm-hmm. not so bad. Everybody does it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's I've <laughs> sinned in my anger. Do not excuse my anger. I'm not excusing my anger. Please don't give me permission to stay angry. Please, mm-hmm. like, um, and, and yet I don't need the condemnation either, and mm-hmm. I don't need the Christian platitudes. Mm-hmm. Like, well, God's power is made perfect in your weakness, and so this is an area of weakness for you, and you and and you can allow God to work in that. There is a time and a place where I need to be taught that, and that needs to be spoken over me and to me. But how much more effective would it be if that person grabbed my hands and said, I'm praying for you right now? First off, that's what James says to do. Paul says in James, Um, "You grab hands and say, go to the Lord with it and and pray, pray, pray that scripture over that person. Mm will be a completely different message than preaching that word over that person.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: You know, and so I So good. So good. So I we should wrap this. I think yes. we've been pretty practical of the need for accountability relationships and mm-hmm. the need to be both the one who's accountable and the one who um, speaks out their struggle. It should not be uh, a personality issue or spiritual gifting issue. It should be a, we want to be obedient because yeah. we want healing and wholeness in each other and in the church. And I I go back to this uh, first John passage, chapter four, that I, I've been sitting in for months now. Um, it is so profound to me because... We are to be the love of God. And you, you mentioned mm-hmm. that a number of times, which is why my brain went there. But in verse 9 of chapter 4, it says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so we might have eternal life for him. And so just that reminder from Genesis to here in 1 John 4. Genesis, we're promised that we are sinners and we're evil since childhood and mm-hmm. that God had a plan. It was Jesus uh who who is the epitome of love and sets us apart for our eternal destination Mm -hmm. this is real love not that we loved god but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away boom our sins Mm it's the only way is jesus dear friends since god loved us that much we surely ought to love each other no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as a proof that we live in him and he lives in us. And so, I mean, I could go on and on in this passage, but the the precedent being we are the physical representation of God's love when we mm-hmm. are his saved and beloved daughters and one of the most powerful ways that we get to show God's love is by acknowledging our sin and allowing people a safe place to acknowledge theirs, mm-hmm. so that God can deal with that sin. Mm-hmm. Not us. Yeah. So God can deal with it and right. he can do the forgiving work and Jesus can accomplish the victory that he already secured in the cross.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You said it all.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the word. I know it's the word and it's hard, um, but in here, in chapter 5, it's right in front of me, and maybe I'll turn this into a prayer to close us out. Mm. Uh, Lord, I just thank you that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves you as our Father is loved by you as his children, too. God, we know that we are your children if we love you and obey your commandments. That loving you means keeping your commandments and your commandments are not burdensome. For every one of us, as your child, experiences defeat this in this evil world, the defeat of the enemy in this evil world because we belong to you. We have victory through our faith. And we who can win this battle against the world, can only do so when we believe Jesus is your son. God, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you that we are not in this alone, that you tell us to confess our sins one to another, that we shall be healed, because you know that sin, it threatens to undermine our victory, Um, but that in you, through Christ, we have our victory secured. And we can live for eternity with joy and freedom and gladness. We might struggle, God, and have to endure and persevere, but there is hope that comes through you, Jesus, and and we want to live out that hope for each other's sake. That we would be love and hope embodied um, on this earth as we are in the relationships that you've called us to in our in our families, in our marriages, in our Motherhood and being daughters and being friends and being ministry leaders and being uh, workers, whatever it is that you've called us to do, God, we ask that you would call us to be love as your beloved children, and that that would include confessing our sins one to another and in being in honest, open relationships with the people that you have placed in our lives. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, thank you for listening to the More to Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. If you'd like to show your support for the ministry of More to Be on our podcast, we'd love for you to become a More to Be sisterhood supporter. By doing so, you enable the podcast to continue and you get exclusive resources. You can check that out in our special link at the com slash podcast page on our website. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.